So good morning and welcome to our continuing Bible study in Luke and we're in the 23rd chapter and and uh, we've been we're in this section where Jesus has been brought before the high priests and then they've delivered him unto Pilate and then Pilate delivered him unto Herod and Herod delivered him back to Pilate and and those things and and <clears throat> so we're going to start reading this morning in uh uh, verse uh, 6 and then we're going to read down through verse 25 <clears throat> so when Pilate heard of Galilee because uh, the Jews had said he's stirring everybody up from Galilee all the way over here to Jerusalem and and so when Pilate heard of Galilee he asked whether the man were a Galilean and as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent unto him Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. And remember, that was for the he was there for the Passover, and and uh, him and Pilate were not ne- not normally residents of Jerusalem, but they were there because of there was millions of Jews in Jerusalem at the time, and they would kind of keep an eye on things. When Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season, because he had heard so many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Then he questioned with him in many words, but he, that would be Jesus, answered him nothing. And the chief priests and the scribes stood and vehemently accused him, and Herod with his men of war set him at naught. They they just reviled him and mocked him and uh, they had no use for him. They set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, sent him back again to Pilate. And the same day Pilate and Herod were made friends together for before they were at enmity between themselves. And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people, and he said unto them, You have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I have examined him before you and found no fault in this man touching those things whereof you accuse him. And no, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him. And lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. For of necessity he must release one unto them at the feast. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release unto us Barabbas, who for a certain sedition made in the city, and for murder was cast into prison. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again to them. But they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, Why? What evil hath he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. And they were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and the chief priests prevailed. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. And he released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison whom they had desired. But he delivered Jesus to their will. And so... The lesson today, the title of it is Release Barabbas. Release Barabbas. Or Barabbas. How, uh, it's funny how we kind of anglicize words 
and we pronounce them to suit us and and sometimes we don't even do it the same way like you know in Matthew uh, 16 verse 17 when Jesus is talking to Peter and he, and he says who do you say that I am and Peter, Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. So we, if we pronounce that the same way as we do Barabbas, we'd say, Blessed art thou, uh, Simon Bar-Jonah. <laughs> but we don't do that. So it's kind of interesting. And... and and as we've been going through these this chap these chapters in Luke and we've just tried to point out again and again that everything is according to the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God and according to his purpose there is not one accidental thing there's not one random thing in here and you know oftentimes when we find someone named in the bible we find that there's some purpose behind it that the lord is revealing some thing to us that maybe we ought to pay attention to. And, and sometimes it just says a certain person, a certain man or certain woman was there that calls our attention, not necessarily to their name, but to the circumstances surrounding them. But we have this name Bar Barabbas today. And we're going to kind of look at that a little bit. And <clears throat> uh, you know that the actions of Pilate and the view of God are are clear he was a no good guy and even though he was he kind of attempted to release Jesus he could have just said I'm not doing it get out of here but he was just trying to walk both sides of the street like people often do in religion and social circumstances they try not to to offend anyone or they try to please everyone and, and it never really works out well but but you know in the Proverbs chapter 17 there's a verse there that we're going to read that even though Pilate is doing according to <coughs> to the determinate counsel and purpose and foreknowledge of God his, his <coughs> excuse me his condition before God is unchanged he's a vessel of wrath fitted to destruction as it says in Romans 9.22. Proverbs 17.15 says, He that justifieth the wicked and condemneth the just, even they are both an abomination to the Lord. And he's going to turn loose this murderer guy. But, you know, maybe that's not the end of the story there. We don't have a lot of information about him later on, but, but I think there's some revealing things here about it. You know, by the same token... Of eternal purpose, it's no accident that Barabbas is released and Jesus is condemned in his place. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the Passover is the situation that they're all in Jerusalem for, celebrating the feast of the Passover. And it was a celebration of deliverance. Remember, they were in Egypt and, and the Lord said, kill the lamb and put the blood on the door lintels and the post and and when I when I the, come through uh, 
um, I'm going to kill everybody, but if I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And that was kind of the the gist of that. And and it was their part of their deliverance out of Egypt as being uh, slaves in Egypt. <clears throat> and <clears throat> so it was kind of the part of their being delivered, uh, released from bondage. And Pilate reminds them of, of this custom that they had. And it's not a law of Moses. It's not a... It's not really recorded anywhere except here. Uh, Pilate tries to set Jesus free, and he reminds them of one of their own customs. He says, there, I will therefore chastise him and release him, for of necessity he must release one of, unto them at the feast. And they cried out at once, saying, Away with this man and release unto his Barabbas. Well, we have a little more information of that in John chapter 18, verse 39, where Pilate says, but you have a custom that I release unto you one at the Passover. Will you therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? So they had this custom, and I read a couple things that said, you know, it was kind of a custom of the Jews to commemorate their 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 deliverance out of Egypt and their release from bondage. And so they would turn loose somebody out of jail at that time season of that feast as a commemoration and and so they had this custom and and it had to be brought to their memory by Pilate by a Gentile and but so focused was their evil intent that they said no we don't we don't want Jesus released we want we want him crucified release this murderer guy to us uh, and he's an insurrectionist a murderer and a robber, it says in the scripture. And <clears throat> so anyway, they had this tradition. And now we're going to look at Barabbas, this one that they want released. This this name, Barabbas, is two words. And just like Simon bar Jonah, Simon son of Jonah, this guy's name was bar Abbas doesn't tell us the first part of his name like Simon, but tells us Bar Abbas, the son of Abba. The son of Abba. It's, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> but it's intensely revealing. The son of the father, that's what that Abba is kind of a... We're, we're going to look at this... Uh, in a little more detail here in a minute, but uh, the son of the father to be released and the son of the father condemned in his stead. One legally declared completely guilty and one declared to be completely innocent. And, you know, we could substitute our own names for old Barabbas there. In our natural condition of sin, we're all guilty of sedition against God. We're at enmity with him. Uh, we were talking about hymns this morning, and, and uh, there was a, a a hymn by Philip Bliss uh, in uh, 1870s. He wrote this hymn called Hallelujah, What a Savior. And one of the lines in that hymn is, 
In my place, condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a savior. Uh, he wrote that and he was killed in a train wreck in Ohio in 1876. So he only got to live to his 30s. Him and his wife were on a train in Ohio and it wrecked and killed them both. And he wrote, uh, It Is Well With My Soul, to another hymn that we we just sang here recently. But he just reminded me, in my place condemned he stood. And, you know, Abba, in, uh, I was researching this term Abba, and in English it would be termed a vocative. In the grammar, it would be called a vocative, a, a word or a phrase that refers directly to the object or person addressed. And it can be a term of endearment. It can be a special name or a title. But in the scripture here, it's always used in a kind of an endearing way because it's only, the only three places that we find it in the scripture in the New Testaments, it's, uh, it's linked to God in God the Father. Uh, but a, a vocative would be, I would say, my darling wife, Yovana. Well, my darling would be the vocative. It's a term of endearment from me that that connects directly with her. Uh, Dr. Judy, we call Dr. Judy, Dr. Judy. Well, doctor would be the vocative and, and or I have a neighbor that's a retired judge, and we we call him the Honorable Judge Peachy, and and Honorable Judge would be his vocative that corresponds directly, has directly to do with him and nobody else. And in our text, and as used in the Bible, this vocative expresses an especially close relationship. According to Vine's Expository Dictionary, Abba approximates a personal name in contrast to Father, with which it's always joined in the New Testament. And this is probably due to the fact that, that Abba has practically become a proper name, and it's the word, Abba is the word framed by the lips of infants and betokens unreasoning trust whereas father expresses an intelligent apprehension of the relationship. And so the two together express both the love and the intelligent confidence of a child. And that's, that's the way that it's described in Vines. Hawker describes it uh, in his dictionary as it's, He's got like two pages on it, which for Hawker is like, normally he just says, well, this is so obvious, I don't even need to talk about it. But he goes on for like two pages in his dictionary about this term Abba because it's so special. And I've just condensed it down to like one sentence here. So, But he says it's of Syriac origin. It is a word of peculiar tenderness. And it implies the nearest of all connections and is thus wholly restricted to relations and of the nearest and tenderest kind. Isn't that interesting? Abba is used singularly three times in the New Testament, once by Jesus as he addresses his father there in Mark uh, uh, chapter 14, 
Twice it's used in connection with the Spirit of God and the elect. And, and those are found in Romans and Galatians. <clears throat> so we're looking at uh, where Christ uses the term in Mark 14.36, where Christ uh, uses this term in the garden as, uh, before his arrest. And he said in Mark 14.36, he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. So he calls him Abba, Father. And it's, it's this, it's just a special term, the special term of love and endearment of affection that he expresses to his father that just describes this this unity this closeness this this eternal love that they have and you know Paul makes note of that in and this and other activities in our behalf by the spirit of God in regards to Abba recording them in, in as we mentioned in Romans and Galatians and it's it's a term applied by the spiritually adopted sons of God. So turn with me to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to read a little bit of Romans 8. And, and I want you to pay especially a close attention to the, to the way that it's applied and the connection of it and, and what it means really spiritually. In Romans 8.14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby, or as a result, we can cry, Abba, Father. Because we're adopted, he has adopted us. Not the other way around, but... He has adopted us, <clears throat> whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So we have this word used in connection with our adoption by God, and that being witnessed in in our in our spirit by the spirit of god <clears throat> the spirit beareth witness with our spirit he lets us know and then he says we have the right to say abba father we have the right to address him as more than just an intelligent recognition that he is a father, but he is more than that. He is more, he is special. <clears throat> In Galatians chapter 4, we have this term used again, and it says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, 
crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Well, you know, slaves and servants weren't allowed to use that term. Even even Ishmael uh, wouldn't have been able to say Abba, <laughs> Father, to, to Abraham. Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And also, pay especially close attention to verse 6. Because your sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. He does that for us. He can, it's just like, other things that he does for us as we note in uh, further on and that was that we were in Romans chapter 8 for the f first uh, reading there about uh, whereby we cry Abba Father the spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God well a little bit later we, we find out that he does the same thing in prayer likewise in verse 26 of Romans 8 Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So in the same way that he intercedes for us in prayer and converts those into alignment with the will of God and and he does the same thing with our relationship in our hearts with God. He goes to God crying, Abba, Father, for us. Even, even if we don't fully understand that relationship in the capacity that it really exists, to the level that it really exists, he makes that up for us. He, he kind of fills in that gap where... We just have no concept of the eternal purposes and love of God. He, we just know that we love him because he first loved us. <clears throat> and we don't often address him as Abba Father. We, we just, I don't know, it's just, I don't particularly know exactly why we don't do that, but we should. We should cry Abba Father to him. <laughs> And it's like, uh, you know, our uh, nickname almost. It's, it's a, <clears throat> it's in the Old uh, New Testament, there's become like a proper name almost of, of nickname or loving nickname for, for the Father that we attach that gives us a special loving connection term of endearment relationship with him. Abba. It's not like father, father. It's like daddy, father. Kind of more personal. It's a personal level that <clears throat> maybe we don't invoke that as much as we should. And, and so it's kind of to be understood like the Spirit directs our communications and our relationship with God. And it's so special 
Because God looks at you, your, your sons, your sons and daughters. God hath sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. It's kind of a similitude of redeeming grace. And we go back to Barabbas again. The son of the, the son of the father being released, and the son of the father being condemned in his place. Kind of, the, not the same father, but uh, kind of a play on words there, if you will. But spiritually, boy, it has great significance. And <clears throat> so we have this grace, this special gift because of the Father who's loved us with an everlasting love and drawn us to himself through the gospel of his dear Son and, and that we love him because he first loved us specifically. Now, in many times in religion, they say, well, God just loves everybody. He loves the whole world, except for all the ones that didn't get on the ark, I mean, except for Esau, <laughs> except for all the ones that he had gotten rid of because they were they hated him and didn't want anything to do with him because uh, uh, they they were not his not his elect not his sheep not his church <clears throat> but specifically loved all all the mine are thine thou gavest to them to me is what it says in in uh, John 17 uh, and <clears throat> So I just we're, we're just that's the only thing we're going to talk about today is Abba. And we should use that we should be we should be free. We should have great boldness and freedom and confidence to say Abba Father that that's our relationship with you because of what you've done. You adoption is always a top-down process. Except for dogs. Sometimes dogs adopt you. <laughs> but for people, people have to specifically go and adopt someone if they want that person. They must they, they must do they must be the external force that, that does that. And God has done that for us. And we're sons and daughters. And so we should be free to cry, Abba, Father. We should be more than free. We should, we should be just grateful and, and, and use that. So we're going to stop there today and, and have more time to visit. But I just thought, well, let's just focus on this one thing because I don't think it was an accident that Barabbas is named because it doesn't name the other two thieves that were going to be killed that day. And I just felt that uh, if a name is given us and it has that kind of a significance, maybe we ought to look at it. So <clears throat> that's all for today. Be free to cry, Abba, Father. <clears throat>